Hello, hello, Joey here. Welcome back to Droolish. Let's get to it. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Droolish. I am your host, Joey Montano. I feel like I'm strangely in sync today. I say that often, but I don't know. I feel like my timing is a little bit on point, more on point. Well, it's, it's gone now. But regardless, this is episode 49 of Droolish, and uh, we are done talking about prop bets, sports bets, all that shenanigans, at least for the time being. Now, I might circle back at a later date. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at Droolish Podcast. And for any updates, and occasionally I might drop in some ideas or or comments about helping you guys fall asleep. Uh, and more specifically, if you are new to the podcast, Droolish is a sleep and relaxation podcast focused on helping you relax, fall asleep, and get your mind off of your day. Uh, I know some of us, uh, you know, we tend to have minds that tend to race at night. I'm usually one of those people. Uh, a lot of people I notice also tend to suffer from insomnia, uh, you know, and for me, that's been an on and off thing. Um, not so much recently, and I'm glad, um, but uh, but throughout all the subjects I talk about in Strulish, uh, my goal is to help mildly amuse and entertain you and to help you fall asleep via my, I guess, my yawn-inducing voice. Uh, I've mentioned this before, and I'm probably going to keep mentioning it forever. Somehow, maybe the way I talk, maybe the way I sound, I don't know if it's a certain octave. But whenever I talk for longer periods of time, people tend to yawn or get pretty sleepy. And this isn't just regular people, it's clients, it's, well, other regular people too. So yeah, maybe, maybe it's just regular, maybe it's just people in general. Uh, I refuse to change that because that's, that's crazy. But I figure if there are people who are interested and what I'm talking about, the things I like to talk about, then feel free to listen, uh, and chances are you'll fall asleep. So hopefully I can kill two, two birds with one stone. I also tend to blend uh, nice background noises, ambient sounds, uh, particularly particularly rain. Uh, that's actually my favorite calming sound. I am probably going to be testing more sounds in the future, uh, and uh, you know just to see what what pleases uh, not just you guys, but for me as well. And uh, the big thing here is that, you know, I always want to help you guys fall asleep, and I always want to help you guys try to, uh, you know, get your mind off of your day. That's kind of the big thing here. Um, and that's, and and if there's any sort of benefit that you guys can have outside of sleep, whether if it's uh, talking about ideas or, you know, betting and sports, or even just, you know, just pure... Uh, I don't know, just be like the background voice, uh, you know, just to help you in your day-to-day -day life. Uh, I consider that a bonus, and I'm it would be super, you know, it's just super awesome if I'm even able to help you guys in any sort of fashion. Uh, and I know there's probably going to be some of this, and, and I'm going to mention this, this last time I'm going to mention it, I briefly mentioned it last podcast. Uh, those of you who are probably listening, the newer listeners, uh, from Monday, there was, I, I had several thousand downloads uh, from a previous episode. I feel pretty bad because that one was my sports picks up or my Super Bowl picks episode, and that was the part one. And it turns out nearly all of those picks were wrong. 
Um, and the part two for the prop bets and the fun bets, all almost all of those were right. So, uh, so don't judge me. <laughs> okay, I, I, I'm being stupid though. However, today I want to talk about the Whole30 diet. The reason why I want to talk about Whole30 in this episode is because I know we're still at the beginning of the new year, and as someone who doesn't really pay too much attention to his diet or never really used to, uh, I tend to be really lazy when it comes to my health, and I'll do the most minimum effort to have like the most maximum benefit. And I, I think that's not terrible of a, of a concept, but sometimes, you know, the bad habits just sneak through, and, uh, and my weight usually tends to fluctu- fluctuate over given time periods. Uh, however, since I think midsummer, I've dropped from like 180 to uh, about like 160-ish and yo-yoed between like 150 to like 165, like over and over. Um, but not this time. At the beginning of this year, my wife came to me and said, hey, Joey, we're doing the whole 30 cleanse. And I said, okay, is it going to cost us anything? And then she said, no. Uh, she didn't say it that angrily. I just, I don't know why I had that voice. But she said, no. As a matter of fact, it's a whole cleanse. So she explained the diet uh, more completely to me. And just so you guys know, I've tried other diets in the past. Uh, I mainly just do keto. If I ever feel like I'm overweight, I just don't eat carbs. Like, period. And I could do that forever. Um, but I love pizza, and I'll start eating it once I'm like at 150 pounds. So... I'm fully aware that uh, my decisions directly influence kind of my weight. And this year, I've really been focusing on, you know, getting rid of all, like, the bad stuff in my life. And it sounds like a cliche, like, drop the bad, do the good. But, I mean, that's kind of what should be life anyway. You just get rid of the bad stuff in your life and just work on getting better. Uh, And we started the Whole30 a little bit later, uh, around... January 6th, I believe is the date. And I took a beginning photo. Uh, I might share it. Uh, I haven't done an after photo yet either. But but for those of you who are new to Whole30, uh, I'll give a brief synopsis. And uh, I don't think I'm going to do it justice, but screw it. Uh, Whole30 is effectively a 30-day cleanse where you eat pretty much primarily uh, all like non-processed foods. Uh, everything you make is just... You know, there's like no additives and maybe like no preservatives either. There's something along those lines. And the whole idea is that you eat, uh, you know, super, super clean for 30 days to help reset whatever toxins in your body, to reset any like, like body waste, whatever is going on. So uh, you do that and you cleanse your body because 30 days is in theory, it should be enough time for your body to readjust. Then after those 30 days, you need to reintroduce certain types of foods uh, and and then you kind of go back and forth between you know you'll try say after like day 30 uh, for example there's no sugar you can't have sugar uh, or added sugar I should say so after day 30 which would be today in theory I could have a cup of coffee and put in like a tablespoon of sugar and then see how my body reacts so what you're doing is with your whole body resetted and cleansed you will get to see how your body reacts, uh, kind of like a split test. So if your body ends up, like if you end up getting like a headache, eating sugar, or you feel sluggish, or maybe you'll feel better, then you can mark a note and say, oh, my body reacts to sugar this way. 
the reason why you do that and you want to keep track of it is because everybody, everybody's body is different. So that's, so that's the key thing is like you'll, you'll develop your own way to uh, tell what's really good for your body or what's really detrimental or how you feel. And uh, you know, when you track that stuff, then moving forward, you can eat accordingly. So that's kind of the whole idea. Now, there are rules to Whole30. And I'm pulling this directly from the Whole30.com site. I just typed in Whole30 rules and it popped up. So I'm going to be kind of reading this and giving my just, you know, layman, layman's terms for some of this stuff, unless it's already done pretty well. But uh, essentially, Whole30 was introduced in 2009. And apparently millions of people have successfully completed the Whole30 program with stunning, life-changing results. Are they, are, are they studying life change results? Well, continue to listen because I'll let you know, my, I'll, I'll tell you my experience. Uh, however, back to the rules. Uh, the first thing it says is yes, eat real food. Eat meat, seafood, eggs, vegetables, fruits, natural fats, herbs, spices, and seasonings. Eat foods with a simple and recognizable list of ingredients or no ingredients at all because they're whole and unprocessed. So in other words, if you're going to eat like, uh, I don't know, I can't even think of an example, but like say tomato sauce, or you know, put tomato sauce in in your own version of like keto or in a Whole30 friendly sloppy joes. You look at the tomato sauce and look at the ingredients, and if it says tomatoes, awesome. Dry tomatoes, awesome. And then it says added sugar in it. It's, that's a no bueno. And it'll tell you if there's sugar, like specifically sugar in it. And that's when you like knock it out. Uh, but essentially, anything that's recognizable that doesn't have like 20 X's, Y's, and Z's uh, in the name, uh, you know, eat that, as long as it doesn't have that stuff. They also offer a short list, so for those of you who are not really familiar, here's a quick synopsis. Avoid these for the next 30 days if you decide to participate. Do not consume added sugar, real or artificial. More specifically, if you want examples, maple syrup, honey, agave, uh, monk fruit extract, extract. Um, some artificial sweeteners such as Splenda, uh, Equal, yeah, NutraSweet, uh, Truvia, all that stuff. And if you see that in your ingredient list, get it out. Uh, this one, I, I found this to be pretty interesting. Do not consume alcohol in any form, not even for cooking. So, <laughs> I I usually like to enjoy a beer once a day. Uh, that's this is my thing. Uh, maybe it's everyone's thing, but there, I don't know. There's nothing like just having a beer after like a long day of work. It just feels fitting. And avoiding that for 30 days is ridiculous. Um, will I have I succeeded? Uh, I'll tune in right now because the answer is yes. I did. So no job. Do not eat grains. Uh, that should be obvious, like uh, any rice, breads, I'll keep it like that. Uh, even quinoa is might be like a pseudo one. Then it mentions do not eat legumes. Uh, for those of you who are like me, uh, I always get confused with whatever the hell that means. It's generally just beans. Uh, so beans, like black, red, pinto, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, chickpeas, lentils, which lentils and peanuts, um, those are included in legumes. So peanut butter is also no bueno. Uh, and then, this 
is pretty uh, crucial because uh, you know my wife is Vietnamese and I eat a lot of Asian food and uh, it's soy is in a lot of the stuff that we put in and I love soy. I put it in like my rice, I put it in everything and that that counts as a legume. Did I say legume? Legume. <laughs> uh, legume. So, yeah, no soy, no peas, no peanuts, lentils, or any sort of beans. And that's pretty tough because uh, for, for me, uh, I used to do keto a lot and keto is generally like soy and peanut butter and lentils are my go-to. So that's a big, that's a big change from what I'm used to. Um, you know, comparing those diets. Uh, do not eat dairy. So, yeah, milk, I shouldn't, you know, milk, cheese, all that stuff. Do not consume, uh, is it carrageenan, MSG, or sulfites? Uh, just read them on the labels. I can't even begin to describe them. Just if it's, in, if it's in the ingredient list, just don't consume it. Do not consume baked goods, junk foods, or treats with quote-unquote approved ingredients. That's just leave it at that. I'm not even going to dive into it. Uh, do not step on the scale or take any powder me measurement for 30 days. So this one, all right, I already cheated on that one. I'll, I'll admit, I, I checked myself like twice, like midway and then like two days before. But uh, do not step on the scale. And the, the reasoning is the whole 30 is about it is about so much more than the weight loss. And to focus only on body composition means to overlook all the other dramatic lifelong benefits this plan has to offer. So no weighing yourself, analyzing body fat, or breaking out the tape measure during during the 30-day elimination period. However, you may take photos or measurements on days 30 or 31, however. So, yeah, I broke that rule. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, I'm not a pious individual. I, I have to be transparent on that part. But, uh, essentially... I still wanted to dive and go deeper into uh, kind of the like benefits and what I've noticed myself. And for those of you who are still on the fence, this might be a good way for you to kind of just digest this information as you fall asleep. Because for me, uh, sleep health is probably the most critical type of health that I personally care about. And I mean, that's kind of one of the reasons why I created this podcast. And yeah, it was also pretty funny to use my voice as a way to help people sleep. But mainly the art of sleep is something that I, I, I strive to have, which strive to achieve. Uh, if you're wondering how big and popular the Whole30 fad craze legitimate diet C is, the, uh, since it was launched in 2009, uh, it didn't really gain any popularity until about 2012-ish. And I'm looking at Google Trends here. And every year around December is when Whole30 seems to, seems to have gotten more and more popular. Um, it reached its apex of popularity at the end of December 2017 uh, towards 2018. That's when it had like 100% peak interest. And since then, uh, 2019, it was just nearly as popular. And then coming into this year, 2020, um, it's certainly heading downwards in popularity. About 60% as popular as it was, at least when it comes to Googles and Trends, uh, compared to 2018. That's not to say uh, the diet is terrible or bad. Uh, it's also very plausible that there are other popular diets that have gained popularity, especially keto. Uh, I know the last couple of years that keto has been more mainstream, and I've been practicing keto myself since, I think, 2011, uh, whenever I wanted to do more, more quote-unquote dieting. Now, 
if that isn't enough to say, oh, maybe they're, you know, if that's not legitimate or legitimate, well, keep on listening. <laughs> it doesn't really matter. But um, the whole point, as mentioned in the whole 30, is that you want to identify foods and the items that you eat and decide which ones make you feel good and which ones don't. And you just track that. So really the hardest part of the 30 days, uh, honestly, it, for at least for them, probably going to be experiencing, is that you don't want to uh, introduce everything all at once. Because if you were to eat like pizza, ice cream, and drink beer, you know, right away, uh, day 31, and you feel like crap, then you're, you're not going to know what actually made you feel like crap. It's going to be either either one of those three things or four things. And by systematically introducing things back into your body, which is a pain, but essentially if you're already doing a 30-day diet, if you reach the 30 days, uh, that I, I don't think it's going to be too crazy. Um, I'm also someone who likes to track its progress and look at things and spreadsheets. So um, this is in my wheelhouse. This, this split test what works and what doesn't. Uh, and... The typical journey uh, of it, if you're wondering, like, well, how long does it should I really take, and and will it work for me? And just so you guys would have a better idea of what to expect, uh, I will talk about that in a second because I I wrote these notes down, and I wrote notes down so I can have a better idea of what I want to talk about in the correct order, and I think you guys just would rather want to hear about my results at this point. And, and then I'll and then I'll circle back to the typical journey and then see if that aligns. So I pulled up sleepfoundation.org sleeping diary uh, version six apparently, and I'm not going to go over every little aspect of this diary because I think it's a little bit convoluted, and I feel like if you're just starting out trying to log your sleep like this, you'll get burnt out immediately. Uh, so south note too, <laughs> a potentially startup idea uh, to create a better sleeping journal that isn't as convoluted to get regular people uh, eased into better sleep quality outside of this damn podcast that I hope helps you guys fall asleep. However, uh, the sleep journal does have some good uh, baselines for us to, or at least for me to, con- to compare. So uh, starting from day one, which was January 6th, uh, I, uh, in regards to sleep quality, let's just talk about sleep quality results first. My sleep quality every night at that point was pretty fine overall. I'd say maybe three three or four nights out of the month, uh, I would still either wake up in the middle of the night with not enough sleep. And I would just get up and then try to, you know, try to go back to sleep and it might take like a half an hour. And then I would do what I'd normally try to do, which is work. Uh, for like another hour, hour and a half-ish until my body said, no, I'm super tired, and, and then I would go to sleep. Uh, well, that is a decent hack to be more productive and to, you know, get more time doing productive stuff, I suppose, and to help me fall asleep. Uh, it still didn't dramatically improve my quality of the sleep because I was only be getting, well, an hour and a half less or two hours, like, or, yeah, fewer uh, sleep. So while that was, you know, overall still pretty decent, you know, having only like three or four nights a, a month um, with some trouble sleeping, I generally also took cannabis before I went to sleep. And I've mentioned this on other podcast episodes too, that I'm weaning off that. And this is actually the biggest reason why is because I was doing the whole 30. 
and uh, I did sleep pretty well when I was able to sleep. Like I would be out like a log. I would just, you know, uh, smoke like 20, 30 minutes, and then I'd fall asleep around 10, 40, 11 o'clock, and would wake up at 7 o'clock every morning. Now, there are three things I consider uh, that defines like good sleep. Well, one is the ability to sleep fairly fast. Uh, you know, when you close your eyes and you try to sleep, how long does it actually take you to go to bed? There was a whole art and process to that, and I will likely discuss that in, in other episodes. But uh, generally, for most people, it's like 10 to 15 minutes they fall asleep. Uh, my, most of my life, it's usually been 30 to 40 minutes. But with cannabis, I kind of went back down to you know 10 to 20 minutes, um, which is great. However, the phase two it, like, that I consider quality sleep is the ability to dream and recall dreams. Uh, because you know, really productive people, really smart people, and, pe- and this is like a known life hack. Like it's scientifically proven. If you're able to write stuff down before you go to bed or create a diary, or you assign yourself a task to do, or if you're fully immersed in something that you really like, you actually start dreaming solutions, you'll start dreaming about the process, and your brain will actually get to work all while resting up and flushing your neural brain toxins or whatever they call it. And uh, by doing so, uh, you know, you wake up refreshed and then you feel like you have a more clear mind and a better idea of how to solve these problems. And for me, I used to do that all the time with poker or whatever video games I used to play, and even sports betting to an extent when I was doing that. Uh, So because of that, uh, you know, before I wasn't actually dreaming at all. And uh, that was a big, that's a big miss in, in my, in my world, in my realm. And, uh, and obviously getting to sleep is one thing, but then dreaming, I feel like is another thing. And then the third part is waking up in the morning. Because if, I think if we take a long ass time to get up and we hit more snooze frequently, it's going to disturb our quality of sleep regardless. And I feel like that's going to in turn lower our quality of sleep at night. So I, I think those are the three phases. And waking up in the morning uh, before the Whole30 diet, uh, again, it could, it could just be like the cannabis or, or whatever medication or whatever I'm taking uh, or did take beforehand, that I would wake up a little bit more groggy. Uh, my times that I'd get up every day would vary between like 6.45 to like 7.45, which is not consistent. And, uh, you know, for someone who likes to be consistent and someone who... Uh, generally is pretty prompt in everything he does. Uh, you know, that I was slacking big time on that. So while I was nailing to sleep, I wasn't nailing the art of sleep, is like the way I would like to describe it. And uh, and for me, you know, that's no bueno. And, and I decided, okay, well, since Whole30, you can't drink alcohol, and you technically you're not allowed to smoke tobacco either. And my wife said, well, you should try cutting off the, uh, the cannabis too because you just can't smoke anything and I said fine I will so so there are a lot of things in play with, with this whole 30 from eating healthier to not smoking and not drinking uh, the results specifically I would say around day seven is when I actually had like a first like legit like vivid dream that I recall uh, like a very vivid dream like my, and I happened to fall asleep pretty fast and I woke up feeling fairly refreshed. Now, I can't attribute that specifically to cutting cannabis. I can't attribute that specifically to eating uh, 
a lot of fruits because that, that was a big change in my diet. Um, but, you know, I, I did eat healthier. And during the, those initial days, I was working out. I ran I ran a, on the treadmill, just try to get some exercise going, just try to, uh, you know, flush out some toxins. So around day seven, my sleep quality did improve a good amount. And since day seven, I would say I've only had one one night uh, in the last 30 days where I've gotten up uh, in the middle of the night and had trouble falling back asleep. So, uh, and even then, the amount of time it took me to get back to sleep was uh, not as long. It was like 20 or 30 minutes. So, there's something in there that's helped me dramatically. Uh, and don't get me wrong, I still want to and definitely am planning to test out different, like, uh, ways to fall asleep, like testing, like, say, CBD gummies, testing, I don't want to test you in the sound, that stuff, eh, I don't, I don't, I don't like the heavily prescribed stuff, but like, um, like the right doses of melatonin and those certain things, because I've tried those in the past and I've never really split tested them, but, but I also don't want to start split testing things if I, if, if I already have a solution that's solved, which is like just eating, be eating better and avoiding alcohol or at least like not eating like crap, uh, for a while, then uh, you know, I, I'm good with that. Uh, also, I would mention too, though, I am a light sleeper, uh, period. And when I smoke cannabis, I tend to be a very heavy sleeper. Uh, and without it, I've noticed is that I will wake up multiple times at night. And it could be because of the diet. And I didn't wake up just because I just needed to wake up. It was just the ability for me to say, oh, I have to go to the bathroom. Or, hey, my dog is, like, pitter-pattering and tapping her paws on the ground because she might need to go outside or she might need water and I would be able to go up and do the do the task and then just go back lay down and fall asleep like all in one motion there was like no trouble uh, for me that's big because my whole life I've never actually been able to do that like that easily and if I have to wake up then it's going to be another like five ten minutes unless if I'm super tired and I'm not overthinking it um, but generally again all that I feel like when I wake up come back to sleep I'm usually overthinking about falling to sleep, and then that, that screws me over. So, uh, yeah, around day seven, like I said, I started seeing that more and more frequently. And then, uh, I don't know, it's kind of gotten to the point where, like, the last three weeks, like from day seven to, like, day 28 or 30, um, it's been fairly consistent uh, with that. So, for those of you who are listening and still trying to sleep, uh, I know we're at the 30-minute mark, I think... Uh, I would highly recommend giving that a try at the bare minimum. Now, one of the things I do eat a lot of, uh, and I'll touch base on it this quickly, is that uh, fruits, uh, I've significantly increased my fruit intake um, from pretty much zero fruits a year to uh, maybe about two mandarins a day and potentially a banana. And I will say, if you can get mandarins for like three bucks or like three pounds or something like that, uh, I could consider that a steal because... Uh, since you are allowed to eat or drink like apple juice or apple cider or whatever because as long as there's no added sugar I find the mandarins to be um, more juicier than orange juice and like twice as delicious so uh, I haven't really had the hankering to like drink a lot of juice early on um, the first week was the toughest week for adjustments at least for at least in my experience but after that first week it felt a lot better to start building those habits and eating the fruits but uh, I 
heard this in the radio and it was like quoted from a book. I wish I had the quote from the book too. Um, but a lot of sleep quality, like to eat like citrus fruits, it's apparently does help you uh, improve like your sleep quality, your better moods, uh, especially especially at night when you eat that going into the morning. So that's just food for thought, literally. Uh, I don't know why I said that. I'm just being stupid. But but overall, the sleep quality that I had uh, improved. Uh, but I woke up. I woke up a lot more in the night. Um, I, that could just be my traditional habit. But I was able to fall back asleep at night because most of my wake ups were due to outside forces, and it wasn't just me, just waking up. As for the daytime activities, I've haven't really been sleeping, like I haven't felt dozy or sleepy during the day as much either. Uh, I also don't drink coffee. I try to avoid coffee uh, as much as I can. I drink it if I absolutely need to, but uh, that first week I probably drank coffee like three times. And after that first week, I've been pretty ready to go. Uh, I mentioned, like I said, my sleep quality has improved. Uh, like my ability to go to sleep, my ability to stay asleep or at least go back to sleep once I got up at night. Uh, I'm able to remember dreams more vividly. Like before I wasn't, wasn't able to remember dreams, I'm able to remember dreams pretty well. And then I've been consistently waking up now uh, in I'd say around week three. About a week and a half ago, I've been consistently getting up about 10 minutes before my alarm clock. And uh, and this is like, this is my quote unquote, if I had a superhero, superhero ability, uh, my ability to tell time at any given moment is is absurdly on point. And before this the whole 30 thing, I felt like I was in a funk uh, overall, and things, I won't say things weren't going well for me, but I felt more, more of a funk. And, and if, if I'm like, if I don't have the ability to tell time, like within the minute, and if it, at any given point, um, you know, give or take five minutes, depending if it's like a random date and time, and I haven't looked at a clock for like two weeks, then, uh, something's up. Like my body just isn't fully functional. Uh, but it seems like my internal clock is kind of back now. I can I generally wake up before like five minutes before my alarm, and I'm feeling I, I feel like the the pain level of getting up and not a physical pain, but like the mental pain of saying like oh I got to get up and start the day. Um, before it was like an eight or nine where I just wanted to lay in bed for another half an hour, but I'd really force myself to get up to about a two or a three. So I get up and then might hit the snooze and then just lay down. But then after five minutes, I'm like, yeah, what am I doing? Like, I, I kind of feel awake enough. I'll just turn on a light and then I can start start the day um, within a couple minutes. So uh, going from like a, seem like a steep task of just getting up in the morning to just waking up right away helps. Uh, so that's, that's all I can explain with the whole 30 uh, changes with my sleep. Now, before I dive into my other results specifically, uh, I wanted to talk about the sleep stuff up front because this was my, it's just in my head, and I believe this, if I'm trying to sleep, I want to talk about the most interesting part, which is the results up front, and I don't want to leave like the more drawn out stuff. Uh, if you are interested in listening to like my weight results and everything else before and after, I will still leave a timestamp in the description for that, um, but since you know this is a sleeping podcast and I really want you guys to focus on better sleep I feel like that's the primary uh, goal here to focus that stuff up front now uh, compared 
Whole30, like my Whole30 experience as a whole to uh, the revised timeline that they have on their site. You just go to whole30.com forward slash revised timeline forward slash whatever. Uh, it'll, it'll actually tell you the whole, what, what you're quote unquote supposed to feel. Uh, it's not a one size fits all solution, but it's a general idea. So the results may vary, um, but it should give you an idea of what to expect. So day one, uh, it says, what's the big deal? Uh, essentially, you're feeling empowered by making a good, a good choice one after another all day long, as you should. Uh, you feel great because you're starting something new and you're kind of wondering, oh, this is easy. Like I can cook and I don't see why this is so hard. Then on days two and three, they say this, they call it the hangover. Uh, the alarm rings on day two and you pop out of bed expecting the same kind of Charlie Sheen winning feeling you had yesterday, but instead you feel like the other side of Charlie Sheen. They're pounding in the head, cross-eyed, can't see straight side. Uh, this is where they recall, you know, remember the pre-bender uh, you went, or you had the pre-Whole30 bender you went on, pizza, the cookies, the ice cream. Uh, it's definitely true that the amount of the suck you experience in the space is directly proportional to the amount of crap you consumed before you began the program. So uh, more or less, I'm assuming like this is like your body finally at least like, digesting the initial food and saying, hey, you know, you're, you're feeling it now. Like you're trying to do better, but these are the direct toxins and stuff that you shouldn't be doing. So it's just working. It's right through the junk food. Um, then days four and five, uh, it says kill all the things. Uh, I think this is where you feel like you're just in a bad mood when you step out of bed. You're just uh, kind of feel angry. <laughs> um, but uh, you start feeling better. Uh, you start thinking it could be a good day and you just still happen to be angry though. Days six and seven, uh, you feel a little bit more sleepy. It's like, I just want a nap. So it's day six, you made it through the last phase without smiting anyone. The thing is today, you don't feel like you can smite anyone in your life, even if it depended on it. Uh, all you do is just, you just want to sleep. Uh, you want to just relax. And at this point around seven days, and I feel like this is typical, even on keto when I used to do that. Uh, it says, right now your body is learning that it can't rely on all those easy access energy sources as we used to know and love. It's very sil similar to keto, what they call it, the keto flu, where your body is actually readapting to how you eat in general. And it's going through that phase. It's saying, well, uh, speaking keto-wise, it's saying, hey, we're not going to be dependent on carbs. We're going to be dependent on fats and this, and our body composition is going to start changing because of it. Uh, at least that's my layman's term of it, or at least my, my layman's term version of it. Um, days eight and nine, for the love of Gosley, my pants are tighter. So I did not experience this. As a matter of fact, uh, like I told you guys, day seven was the big, the big change for me. Uh, and here, day eight or nine, it says my pants are tighter, and it says the same process that ran you over like a track a few days ago is still working there, magic in your body. Your composition is not actually changing for the worst, we assure you. The enzymes you digest, uh, your food and millions of bacteria that you live in the gut are adjusting to your new intake of meat and vegetables and lack of easy access sugars. This is something they do naturally, uh, but these adjustments are, com are uncomfortable. Uh, now, after day seven, I told you guys, like it, it was pretty much easier for me to, to deal with that. Uh, I don't know. I, I, so moving forward, what they're describing here is probably going to be more likely for other people. 
uh, I just, I don't know, I just eat a lot of citrus fruits. I, I found my hacks, I found my foods, and I'll let you guys know what those are after this. Uh, but days 10 and 11, they say it's the hardest days. Uh, at this point, the newness of the program is worn off, and even though most of the unpleasant physical milestones, uh, you really haven't experienced the magic the pro uh, the program says. We're still struggling to establish your new routine. Uh, for us, honestly, this I wouldn't call this a hack, but uh, we're doing stuff for the kitchen, and all this stuff happened like a day two or th day three. So we were literally been eating slow cooker and hot pot stuff, and uh, and bought like a hot plate. So. Our food options were forcefully limited, hence, uh, you know, we had no other choice but to adapt, uh, which I, you know, I guess that's a good hack. You know, if you don't have the option to try to uh, establish the new routine, like before it was a choice, if we had like the, our oven and everything else, but now it's just, <laughs> since the kitchen's still um, being worked on, it's just mandatory. So I, so I guess I was just kind of lived with it. But essentially these days, they say you're cranky, you're impatient, and you're really, really tempted to just eat the stupid cheese. Uh, this is where you really start to experience the physio physiological, or psychological, whoops, hold on your body and your, and your food habits and what they have on you. Uh, and they say the key here is to, re is to redefine your idea of reward. Uh, think long and hard about the food you're grieving and ask yourself what your, what your need what need you're expecting them to fulfill. Uh, I did not actually do that. But if you want to read this article and you're struggling, uh, it's on the Whole30 site, so do that. They say phase 12 through 15, boundless energy. Now give me a damn Twinkie. Uh, this, is, this is the part of the program where, you, where your mind tries to drive us back into comfort foods, but at the same time, your body is feeling better, your energy levels are higher. So you're kind of just at the point where you're, you're making that conscious decision of like, hey, I see the results, but damn, I want, I want food. Then from days 16 through 27, uh, you've hit the downhill slope of the whole 30 and your life is beautiful, which means different things to different people. Uh, tiger's blood means someone flipped a switch and turned down the awesome. Uh, this could be very related to what's going on. I am also planning on doing another 30 day <laughs> uh, review. I do the, this is what I do guys I, I just split test myself in like 30 day increments but uh, at this point this actually directly correlates with what I'm doing outside of the podcast which is uh, you know working on like my clients consulting and just having more energy to get stuff done during the day and uh, that includes tracking my time and seeing how efficiently I'm working and even now continuing as of this podcast for like the last few weeks like that's kind of where my headspace is at is just doing better getting better and just doing what I can with more energy so I will have to say this may be on point maybe um, but they say life is beautiful which means different things for different people my wife has mentioned since I've been eating a lot of the mandarins my mood has gotten a lot better um, but again that could also just be the fact that I just have more energy or or I don't know I just don't like, I never felt bad prior, but a lot of the things from, like, getting up now to my day-to-day -day is uh, improved, uh, which I didn't know how much it could improve before. But, uh, you know, that's why we document these things. Uh, same thing, though, in, in the sense of Tiger's Blood stage feels more like a real sense of self-efficacy. Uh, it doesn't mean things are perfect or even easy, but proving to yourself that you can do this, things are getting better, and you're seeing improvements, small or large, daily. 
Uh, your, your energy is steadier, you got a firm handle on cravings, and I would say that. And you're experimenting with new, delicious foods. Yes, that is also true. Uh, so yeah, it's, uh, since don't stress about whether you're feeling honest to goodness tiger, tiger blood, be patient, be on the lookout for small, gradual improvements to keep you motivated. Still, slow and steady still wins, wins the race. Again, uh, there is no real such thing as a typical Whole30 experience, um, but I can firmly say within that time period, day 16 through 27, it's certainly been in the zone. Uh, they added this uh, little interlude in day 21, uh, where, it's, uh, where it says, I am so over this, and essentially you're in week three, uh, your clothes fit better, your skin is clearer, your, your inner awesomeness is shining through. That's their words, not mine. Uh, but despite the many benefits you're seeing, you went to bed last night dreading the thought of breakfast. Uh, I can't, I can't, whatever. I can't resonate with that. I hate breakfast. So, uh, yeah. Uh, somewhere in the third week of the program, serious food boredom sets in. I guess that's true. Uh, for me, I can eat the same thing forever, so that's this doesn't really apply to me, but, but for those who just love to eat different foods, I can see how. Uh, there are a lot of recipes and boards around, and as a matter of fact, my wife did purchase a Whole30 Slow Cooker approved uh, book, which we've been using all the time, and it's been phenomenal. Uh, and then day 28, uh, this is actually explicitly mentioned day 28, uh, day 28 is as good as 30, right? This says, this pretty much just answers the question, it's been four weeks, am I done? And the answer is a resounding and bolded and capitalized no. 28 is not as good as 30, and I'll tell you why. You made a commitment to the full 30 days, and if you're not going to do that, then why, you know, you're cutting yourself short. And you just, you need to prove to yourself this at 30 days. And then days 29 and 30, holy Oprah, it's almost over, what am I going to eat now? Uh, it pretty much says it's totally no, it's totally normal to feel a twinge of panic as your whole 30 comes to a close. For the past month, you've lived, breathed, and literally eaten rules. You've incredible. You feel incredible in your new high-octane body. Uh, and then day 31, deep breathing and maybe some ice cream. Oh, that's after. So, so yeah, essentially at that point, you, you kind of have to ask yourself how you're feeling. For me, this is day 31. And they have this whole process of weaning back into it. And I'm not going to talk about that. I just wanted to talk about these results uh, in general and how they can potentially help you, at least from my experience. And... Uh, yeah, day 31, I'll tell you, like, my plan is that I'm a lazy eater, so uh, I help my wife make the food, and I eat it. And I still have, like, three or four days worth of, like, steaks and other food that I need to eat um, that are still, you know, full 30 approved. And even though I'm supposed to, quote-unquote, eat sugar today, like, I I don't eat sugar in general, um, unless if I just happen to be, like, in a you know, sad binge-eating craze, but uh, I really don't have any hankerings for sugar, um, rarely. So, uh, I'm not going to be testing the sugar today, but though, I might, the only thing I might do is just uh, get some OJ and then put some vodka in and get, and make myself like a, a screwdriver. So, that's probably going to be my, like, go-to, but day-to-day, -day, unless, a, you know, my wife's habits and stuff drastically change, uh, it's, I'm pretty much going to stick to Whole30, and your theory is supposed to be doing this for 90 days, which I mentioned this now, and up front, is because 30 days is a lot easier goal for us to accomplish versus setting a 90-day goal, because it feels more daunting. But the 30 days should give us enough time to detox and cleanse our bodies, to 
uh, you know, make these tests, um, split tests happen. So, uh, day 31, this is what I mentioned, is like deep breathing and maybe some ice cream. It says your sanity has returned at some point on day 30 and you realize eventually you'll have to come out of the perfect Whole30 bubble. Try as you may, you won't be able to make life fit inside the Whole30 rules. Does that mean you're headed off road for at 90 miles per hour? No. But they do have the reintroduction protocol, um, which is the same intention you gave in the last 30 days and be honest with yourself about your reactions, physical and emotional, to food. And tonight you might just need a bowl of ice cream and that's okay. We don't expect you to live whole, third, whole 365. We do expect you to take what you've learned and use this information carefully to evaluate how foods. So um, that's pretty much it. Uh, at this point, I'm going to be split testing foods. And I really don't see the need for me to compare my experience of a split test food versus you guys. Uh, it's just more of explaining the experience of the whole whole 30 process because I think a majority of us will probably feel or sense the same things now, with some caveats. Um, but like I can tell you right now, I from my own experience, even if I just eat flat out sugar, I feel just slower in general. Uh, but that's just tends to be related to my keto dieting background in general uh, whenever I do the keto diet. Um, however, this was a very interesting and uh, fun experience. And and looking back into my results specifically, uh, as for my weights and stats specific, <laughs> I said specifically, but uh, I'm just trying to pull, I'm trying to pull up the numbers as I'm talking and I'm doing a terrible job at it. But uh, let me pull it up right now. And I took weight, I took measurements, my weight, and a photo on June, or not June, January 6th. Uh, my wife and I did that, and, and obviously I'm just going to talk about my results. Um, but at, as of January 6th, my weight was 161.2 pounds. Now, I believe I did check my body weight or my body fat. Problem is I used three different methods and they were all completely different. And I'm kind of at that point was what you would consider uh, skinny fat and pretty much had like what the uh, quote unquote dad bod. Uh, I was rocking that out. And that's kind of like where I've kind of settled in prior to the whole 30, uh, but no more. Um, so 161.2 as of January 6th. Now, 30 days later, after 30 full days, we're sitting here in February 5th, February 5th, and I weigh 146.6 pounds. That is 15, that's 14.6 pounds. No, 15. No, it's, it's 14. Yeah, 14.6 pound difference since then. That is massive. 30 days dropped 14, almost 14 and a half pounds. Uh, now, as for the measurements here, uh, this is where I cheated a little bit. I can't say cheat, but uh, my waist size, which I consider my waist size is the um, as what oh yeah, that's what that's what everyone traditionally does for the waist. Um, it's like between the hip and ribs or whatever. Uh, when I started the program, I had a 31 and 5 eighths inch waist, and around week three, that's when I tested like the final week of January, it was 29 inches. And then the last 
than they are today. Um, it was 28 and 78 inches. So I dropped nearly two and a half, over two and a half inches from my waist area. My stomach, I track my stomach because I have a weird stomach. Like I, I'm wider than I am. Like if you look at me ahead, like wide, like face to face, I look pretty wide. But if you look at me from like a profile view, I look pretty thin. So I have like glove, I have like glove handles. I'm like a weird, very weird shaped dude. Uh, but, but my waist size went from 31 and 5 eighths inches to, oh, I mentioned that, sorry, 35 and a half inches for my stomach, I should say, uh, to down to 32 and 1 fourth inches. So I dropped over 3 inches for my stomach, um, almost about the same amount that I did from my waist. That makes sense. Now, this last one, I call it the unofficial waist, which is more of a hip, but uh, at least as a guy. Uh, and, and apparently my wife thinks differently, and I think she's got a point. You know, like guys and girls, men, women, whatever. Non-binary females and male genders, whatever. Uh, whatever you, yeah, whatever that is. Uh, I consider this, I call this the unofficial waist. Like I said, it might be a hip, but it's below like the stomach by about like an inch or so. Um, as a guy, that's generally where I wear my jeans. And I figure, well, that's actually very relevant to what I would normally be wearing, like in my, you know, for jeans. So, yeah, why not track that? Uh, my initial waist size was 34 and 7 eighths. And after whole 30, it's 33 and 3 eighths. So essentially my hips got smaller by about an inch and a half, but my waist and stomach uh, went down by at least three inches. So, uh, the big thing here, especially comparing from like week, or sorry, week three and like day 30, is that most of my body fat or whatever is um, thinning out is coming from like the waist and stomach now and not the actual hips. So I think my body's actually being a little bit, little bit more proportional, um, but I feel like I'm skin and bones now. Like I've never been this low, except when I was like the, at the age of uh, maybe like 24, when my lowest is 144. But I was also more ripped back then, and I'm not, I have not really been to the gym in a while here. I do a lot of running, but I haven't been lifting any weights. So, so that might be another like 30 day phase of me just lifting weights and trying to yoke up and see how that goes. But, uh, but that is a big drop over 15 and a half pounds, or sorry, less than 15 pounds. I, I did that wrong. Um, 14 and a half pounds, not 15 and a half pounds, uh, which is about three pounds a week. Yeah. Three pounds, pretty much three pounds a week on average. Uh, not expecting that. Um, as for my daily food intakes, my typical mornings, I don't eat breakfast, as I mentioned, and this diet won't change that. Regardless, I know it's not a diet; it's like a it's a cleanse. So I would typically I went from nothing to eating a mandarin or a banana in the morning, and I just love mandarins; they just taste amazing. Uh, like, if I had to choose between them and potato chips, like, those are both on an equal level of deliciousness, just in my personal taste palette, I've learned. Uh, eat mandarins during the day, and then lunch. Lunch has been hit or miss, because I generally work past lunch, so I'm kind of doing a mix of, like, the whole 30 intermittent fasting-ish. Um, however, it would usually be leftovers of what I ate the day prior, and we generally, my wife and I would make, you know, like, like, uh, Sloppy Joe's using uh, like portobello mushrooms as the buns, which is really good. If we ate out, we primarily ate at Five Guys um, because the oils and stuff they use is actually Whole30 approved. Um, but 
uh, we would have to get the lettuce wrap and not the actual uh, bun wrap. But if anyone's out there, if you're a food chef and you're still trying to fall asleep, uh, I highly recommend trying this. It's potentially a new fad. Uh, I don't know, it could be a startup idea, but whatever. Uh, it's um, use portobello mushroom buns as like a new standard and make like Whole30 approved like burgers. Uh, there's no way that shouldn't work. Um, I also found a big, big hack for me is since I love potato chips, uh, I use my brother's air fryer and my wife been, has been cutting up a lot of uh, potato potato chunks or whatever, p potato cubes and throws it in the air fryer. Um, you're able to toss oil like, uh, like extra virgin olive oil and salt and pepper still on the table for a whole 30. Just make like a pound of that, um, put it in the air fryer for 20 minutes uh, midway, just take it out, shake it out all about, put it back in. And those things are crispy. Amazing you can do that. Um, you can also make potato chips out of that, your own personal chips. Uh, we've done that uh, with not great success. I um, mean, they were fine, but it, it was just a little bit too much for us. Uh, not enough flavor. But potato chunks were my basic go-to. Uh, the first week, I really pretty much lived on uh, orange juice and apple cider until I found the mandarins. So uh, that's Whole30 approved. You can drink that. Uh, and then around like week two, I got annoyed of eating uh, crock pot and slow cooker stuff or Instapot. So I ended up buying a hot plate and then added steaks. So uh, I figure buying two like $7 steaks or eight, 10, oh, it doesn't really matter, $10 steaks at the store. You can, you could, you could eat, you could eat good guys for <laughs> 10 bucks per steak. It's still going to be cheaper than going out to like Applebee's or going out to eat. And since I'm already limited to what I can eat, uh, it just makes more sense and it's more cost efficient just, just to buy the damn steak and then buy 10 pounds of like, uh, you know, reset potatoes or red potatoes or whatever and throw it in the air fryer. So that worked really well. Uh, we've made Instapot uh, mashed potatoes, which turned out phenomenally. Uh, we've made slow cooker, no, sorry, Instapot Sloppy Joes. I mentioned that, Sloppy Joes with uh, portobello mushrooms, which was probably my favorite dish that I've had. Uh, and I think it's in that one book. Um, I'll, I'll link the book in the description. Uh, no affiliate link because I don't have an affiliate account with Amazon. But uh, I don't have, uh, I don't know, I found, I found that book to be really awesome, especially for the slow cooker recipes. A lot of them are pretty good. Uh, even last night we had turkey meat. Uh, it doesn't sound that amazing, but it still tastes pretty good. I like, I like turkey meat in general. But uh, turkey meat, sloppy, sloppy Joe, or I don't know, turkey meat, like, it's it's green pepper stuffed turkey meat flavors and stuff. I don't know. Uh, that was pretty good. Uh, pretty much used the green and red peppers as like a vessel to hold, to, to hold all of the meat, because we can't use standard buns. I found that to be pretty great. Uh, and then I don't know uh, what else that I would normally eat. Um, generally, it's just been eating the steaks. I try to do like steak once a week, and then that might last actually the next day over uh, with the potatoes. And I've been eating a lot of potatoes. Um, we also made like chicken, like a lot of chicken stock soup with veggies. Um, tastes really good. Uh, a lot of it is just you know throwing in the slow cooker and it ends up tasting pretty good and all the meat melts off the bones so eating it's pretty easy um, now I do miss a pizza 
Like, I'm not gonna say, like, oh, man, like, this has changed my life. I'm like, no, I, I want a damn pizza. Like, I want to eat a pizza. Uh, I want to eat potato chips. But the hankering of what I really want to eat is, like, it was, like, a 10 after, like, the first week. Like I said, after day seven, things started cooking for me. But um, I went from, like, a 10 hankering to, like, a 9, 8, and now I'm kind of, like, at a 5, where it's, like, like, I certainly do want it. And if someone did suggest it, I will hop on and say yes probably right away. Like, I'm not going to lie. Um, but I'm not, it's not enough for me to go out of my way to change how I'm eating, um, unless if the program specifically requests it, which is kind of weird. And I feel like I'm on a, I feel like I'm on a roll here, but, uh, but most of the stuff we've been eating, the hardest part, honestly, has been trying to find things to snack on during the day, which was, for me, the mandarins has been a lifesaver. And then, uh, lunches, or, like, have enough food to eat, like, or two meals, because you can kind of set meals up to eat, like, two or three days in advance, but trying to keep, like, the new new foods coming in, um, having different varieties, it's, it's tough, and I think, like, the first week, I would probably, if I were you guys, if you're considering doing the Whole30, spend the first two weeks just testing different foods, and which ones you like the most, and then just stick with those staples, like, the last, like, two weeks, and then... Uh, and then maybe come up with, like, two new recipes you'd want to try, just to keep some variety. Uh, that's the only thing I can suggest, because, uh, because I don't know, I can only eat, like, chicken, like, X amount of days in a row. Um, steaks I can eat forever, but that's just too costly, so I can only eat that, like, a day. Um, but for me, them like, those oiled potatoes are amazing. And I might actually just do that for lunch, too. Screw it. Uh, and what's weird is that the last week of what the uh, Whole30 program is that I went out of my way to eat as much food as I could. Like, I ate, I ate the lunches, I ate the leftovers nonstop. I didn't forget my lunch. I ate extra bananas. Uh, and I ate, ate raisins. There's a lot of snacks. And I, my wife's go-to was uh, dates. Uh, so, uh, not like dating, but like the food dates, guys. I'm assuming like two of you are probably sleepy enough to just have those thoughts. But no. I'm just being stupid. But... Uh, dates were pretty good, and well, for me it was like it was like those roasted potatoes and some raisins. Uh, yeah, so that is all I can say. Now, have there been any new habits built? Uh, I'm only gonna stick with food habits here because since it was the beginning of the new year, and I've been really focusing on consistency and building new habits like the right way, like studying and documenting and not just half-assing it. Uh, most of the food habits I've built, I would say, I would prefer to eat cleaner, um, but the downside, and this is kind of a plus side right now, because the kitchen's still being worked on, is that I'm forced to actually cook every meal, and I don't want to go out and eat terrible, uh, because it not only costs money, but I'm seeing how much money I'm saving. Um, even though it do does cost a little bit more to buy the groceries, but if I'm not going out, the cost actually offset, and it's a, it's a bit cheaper. So... Uh, I'm eating a little bit, it's cheaper to eat, you know, like I said, I'm eating steaks now, so like that's amazing, uh, but, you know, I, I, I found my alternative to potato chips, and those are like those damn roasted potatoes that are so good, and I am talking myself into making them like after this podcast, I shouldn't, but my mouth is watering, <laughs> but, but outside of that, uh, mandarins, like I said, I love eating mandarins now, that's going to be something that's going to stick. I feel like it's, it's going to have to stick because they're just so damn good. Uh, and it's a lot cheaper than buying orange juice every week. 
then yeah, certainly mandarins to potatoes. I feel like more of the snacking stuff I can make and just solve right away. Which is the biggest thing I hate, is like during lunch I have like these easy meals I can make or I could just spend three minutes cutting up potatoes and then the oil and then throw it in the air fryer and let that be for 20. Like it's pretty set and forget it, these types of, these types of meals. Uh, I would prefer to have like a stove and oven to cook like legitimate food and that do different things and more space. But uh, within the constraints that we have, uh, this might actually be a little bit of a hack if you're trying Whole30 and you just can't like, like you just can't make that decision to stick with it. Just remove your damn oven. <laughs> I don't know, pay someone to remove your oven, put it in the garage for 30 days and your life will hopefully adjust by you not, you forcing yourself not to go out and using alternative methods of cooking, which actually limit, it limits your options, but it coincidentally like gives you more options to cook within Whole30 standards, if that makes sense. Uh, yeah, I really don't microwave too many things. And we ate a lot of veggies, like, I don't know, we go to Sam's Club and buy like six pounds of broccoli and we steam it. Uh, we had that with cauliflower. Uh, you know, just mix those with like potatoes and steak. You know, get your greens in. I, I, I don't see what's too crazy about that. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of other habits. Uh, I don't have, like, I used to run like early on, like the first three or four days, and that was partially me trying to like detox my body of like any alcohols, um, you know, any cannabis, like remove any of it. I know sweating doesn't do too much, but you know, just any any helping out that cause, and. Uh, if I were to compare like my before and after, like how I'm feeling, objectively, I feel like I'm the same. Like I feel just as good as I did before, but like I feel like my habits and my mental clarity is a lot better. Um, yeah, maybe I, I probably should have tracked because like I didn't feel like I felt terrible like the way I was eating before, but now since I've slowly adjusted into this new Whole30 approved version, I would have to actually go back and eat the foods that I did before, and then be like, oh wait, that's how I really felt. Maybe I was just so used to feeling terrible. And I didn't tell, until, I couldn't tell until now. That's very plausible. Uh, what else do I have here I, on my other notes? Uh, that's all I can say with habit built, like my habits built. I don't know if you guys have experienced the same thing. Uh, if you guys are interested in learning more about the Whole30, uh, like I said, I'm going to link it in the description or you just type in whole30.com and they do a good job of just getting to the point of like answering the questions, linking to the right places. Um, and this was, uh, you know, this is not a paid advertisement or if you guys are thinking our affiliate or whatever. Uh, it's just my wife came to me and said she wanted to do this and fully support what she's doing. Plus, I asked her like, how does this benefit me? And she says, well, you'll feel better. It's a cleanse. And I'm always, I'm always about cleanses. I don't know why. I just love cleanses. Um, so uh, I, I just wanted to share this experience and uh, and let you guys know, like, my sleep quality has gotten a lot better. Just, that's kind of the key point, it's just that I feel a lot better, just sleeping in general. And, uh, and I wanted to share that mainly to your pod, to, with everyone who listens to the podcast. I'm going to see if I can try to knock out some Q&A for you guys. Uh, I'm assuming you guys might have questions after listening to all this, and hopefully this might cover some of the bases. Um, so where do you, so where, so quote-unquote, where do I start? Uh, I would say, well, it starts with the food, and I recommend reading the book first. There's not really much I can say outside of this podcast, but just buy the book, read the book, 
Um, the site does a decent job of helping you explain it, but the book is so much better. Uh, what steps should you take if you're serious about it? Just buy the book. Go on Amazon and buy the book. I, I'll, I'll link the description if you want me to. Uh, because it's if, if you're serious, you need to prepare. And you need to plan it out. That's like literally all facets, facets of life. Uh, as much as you guys don't want to learn. I'm not saying any of you guys don't, but like the ones who I'm... If I say you guys and, and I strike a chord when I say that statement, and you don't have talking about you then. Or there's some insecurity there. That's, at least that's how I assume that. But buy the book. You need to prepare. You know, case, proof in case or case in whatever. Uh, I'm, I'm, lo I'm, losing, I'm losing it. <laughs> no, but case in point is, you know, regardless of uh, your work schedule or your school schedule, those are planned activities that you do day to day. It's scheduled. And those are things that, even though are planned, you more or less try to succeed at it or dedicate a level of effort to succeed. Uh, this is no different, um, except reading the book is the only choice you need to make, and you have to decide the, how you want to prepare it versus the outside influence of the outside world telling you and scheduling you and forcing you to do the other activities. That's the only difference. Uh, let's see, how, do you, can, how can you best prepare yourself for success, both mentally and physically? Uh, honestly, I think they say this with sports is like it's it's like eighty percent mental, and I I honestly agree with that. Uh, and uh, it physically, I mean, it's mainly just dieting. So it's like as long as you have like the equipment. If you have a stove, that's great. If you have like a instant pot, slow cooker, like for me, I had to use I had to buy a hot plate, and I stream I do suggest a air fryer, especially for the potatoes. Those are those are good, but air fryer. Uh, if you have those, uh, and you start trying out and tasting different foods, I I highly recommend doing that. Uh, the big thing, though, is just tell people if you're doing social stuff, because that's going to be a big caveat. As one, I didn't go out as much. That sucks. But like, if anything, anytime I go out would be like with friends and like kind of at their place, like not like at a bar or anything else, because the tempt is the temptation is real. Uh, but I did have to go to an event where everyone was just drinking. Uh, and I wanted, it was early on, and I really wanted to drink, um, and, and, uh, it's, it's tough, but, I don't know, I just drink a lot of water, uh, I think once you get past that initial phase, you're fine, and they just, they just say, uh, and I feel like more and more people are saying this too, if they say, like, oh, I'm not drinking, I'm like, I'm, I'm cleansing right now, or just spending the month detoxing, like, I don't think anyone else is actually going to question it, but, I mean, my experience, they've always said, like, oh, cool, okay, yeah, I've done something like that in the past. So if we're looking for that, like a social excuse or reason to say, yeah, I'm, I'm going to detox uh, for the month. And it helped, it helped doing it with the beginning of the new year. And I've actually known, I, I'm not known, but, like, I know Joe Rogan does that. He does, like, detox, like, October or something like that. Uh, and uh, I don't know, I, I, I'm, I'm sensing it's becoming more of a mainstream thing. Let's see, uh, uh, if you're wondering how much it costs, uh, it doesn't cost you much, like I said, is um, outside of buying the book, uh, and I think it's free if you get it online somewhere too, so it's, uh, yeah, you probably can find a version of it for free, but for Amazon, it, it's like eight, nine bucks for the Kindle version, 15 bucks for the hardcover, you can probably get it cheaper used for like, yeah, like two bucks used, so it's fairly cheap, uh, but 
it's way less expensive than going and eating out. It's way less expensive than pretty much anything. I mean, you're you're just getting eating healthier. So any bad habits or any potential like health feelings or doctor visits that might be related to what you're eating, uh, that's probably going to be the case. Uh, there's also I can mention too some uh, TB12, and I don't know if you guys heard of a guy named of Tom Brady. He's a uh, he's he's kind of popular. But I think his whole program is based off of eating better and eating healthier. And there are interviews where he said, like, the where he went from, like, an average to decent quarterback to near GOAT status is when he um, started focusing on his diet. And they, it is true what you say is uh, you are what you eat. So uh, I feel like Tom Brady's whole 365-ing it. Uh, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not Tom Brady. But but uh, if you're wondering, like, the actual why, the whys you should do this, uh, I don't know. I'm not going to tell you why. I'm not going to be someone who just tells you what you should do. Um, but, and I don't feel like I should convince you. I, all I can do is just tell you my results. Uh, and something that I'm, I'm, I'm always open to trying new things. So, uh, I just heard that there are going to be good results and you'd feel better. Uh, and for me, I figured why not just track my progress and see how it goes, which is kind of the point of this. And if you are hoping to improve your sleep, then only speaking from my experience, this might be worth something worth trying. Uh, like I said, you can probably buy the book for free, or if you really, if you want to spend the money, spend the five bucks and getting a used version of the book. Uh, or just type in Whole30 PDF on Google and you might find it free. Yeah, and uh, they have like a forum, and if you have any questions about any foods, you have like you look in the ingredient list and you're like oh what is like sulfide blah 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 is that okay just type in the ingredient and then type in whole 30 say is ingredient whole 30 approved and 99 percent of the time that will be the first thing that pops up in google so there's a big community that's been there for like pretty much a decade now they'll have all the answers and it's probably answered before you even ask and most of the questions are just food related ingredient related so uh, I mean, that's what I did when I went shopping. And yeah, it does take a little bit extra time, but uh, it's something, I don't know, something I get used to. And uh, talk about like the whole 30 recipes. Uh, I don't know. Like I said, I just had the whole 30 with slow cooking book my wife got. And she did She did most of like the actual ingredient putting together. I did, I'm more of like the sous chef. I just kind of get things together, but she does the actual cooking. Uh, but most of that stuff is just cutting and putting it into like a slow cooker. I made the steaks, um, but uh, yeah, like I said, roasted potatoes, I, I say that forever, roasted potatoes, like oh, like, put some uh, robust extra olive oil and some salt and pepper, throw that bad boy in the air fryer for 20 minutes, that is the best. I know it's not a full recipe for a meal, but it's just my go-to. Uh, let's see, uh, if there are... are I'm looking to see, I'm, I wrote this list down of questions, and I just wanted to see what makes sense. Uh, as for what kind of drinks that I have, so if you're looking to drink anything outside of like juices, um, since you can't have alcohol, you can't have soda. Um, I recommend seltzers, uh, that's a big one, like flavored seltzer water or sparkling water. Uh, yeah, it's flavorful, and there's no calories or no, no sweeteners, it's, so it's delicious. Uh, my wife's been drinking coconut water, and uh, I don't know. I, I generally drink water in general, and it's between that and then the mandarins or orange juice or apple cider. Like that's, I, I, I don't drink I don't drink soda in general anyway. 
Uh, I've kind of cut that habit since college. And uh, I've noticed the moment I stopped drinking soda, like the aches in my body went away. So that's kind of like my baseline of like how I'm feeling is like, does it hurt to move? The answer is no, then I'm doing a-okay. The answer is yes, I need to get a shake. Let's see. Uh, is there anything else that can help you guys? No, I think that's it for the time being. And I'm trying to see if there's anything else that I need to address for you guys. Well, there is one thing. If you are still awake and you are listening to this during the day, kudos. Write some notes. Hopefully you take some action. And uh, I shouldn't say hopefully you take some action. But if you feel like you aren't um, kind of 100% there, I hopefully you can take my suggestion and try this for yourself and see positive results. If you are sleeping and despite all you know the the rain sounds and and my voice and me going on for almost an hour and 15 minutes now you still are awake please go get up and go to your computer go to your laptop i know this sounds counterintuitive and then go on linkedin or open up word and update your resume that's my challenge to you. Go and update your resume because I want you guys to do something productive. And if you are about to do something productive and you can't go to sleep, your body, in my experience, and I think this might, be, this might help you guys, your body and your mind will say, screw that, I, I'm actually going to go to sleep and you'll actually feel more tired and you're more likely to fall asleep. Or if you get up and start doing something productive, your body eventually will get tired, plain and simple. You're not going to get enough sleep that night. I, I guarantee you that. Like That's going to suck because you're already in the situation. But at least go up, go out, and update your resume. Just do that. Spend an hour doing that. You might not, you might not get to the hour, but stick to something productive. And last time I said just do some chores, but this time just uh, get an update your resume. You don't have to send anything out, just put, I feel like that is a to-do task that we all can do uh, at some point, and, uh, and I think uh, long-term, I, I, I think regardless if we take action or not, I, I, I just think that level of, of productivity, um, speaking from my experience, uh, does help me sleep a little bit better at night. So uh, that's, that's my tip, uh, and that's my tip to you, and until next time, guys, take care and dream easy.